Steve Accordagwil, as well as Sports Center on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. You're welcome once again to the Sports Center Show here on Scarab Bay Community Radio on 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM in association with their Credit Union. And on today's show, I'm joined as always by co-presenter Pat McNamara. And on today's show, we're going to talk mainly rugby, a bit of camogie, and a small bit about golf. And our first guest uh, in the studio today is a woman maybe better known uh, to a lot of people in Scarif on the Camogie field. Her father would be well known as he was the winning manager for the Scarif Intermediate team and won Paddy Brown back to Scarif last year. Also, manager last Sunday in that great, unfortunately, uh, defeat to the bridge, but keep sustaining their, their senior status in Mark McKenna. But Mark is his history now at this stage, and we're going to talking to his daughter, Robin, a very promising up-and-coming rugby player. Robin, you're welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> no bother. The pleasure, the pleasure is all ours. Robin, first of all, look, we know that there's uh, rugby in, in in the family. I mean, in the history of the family. Did you get the, what? At what age did you get the bug for this game of rugby? Oh well, I did a few camps in Scarif when I was younger, but there's never really like a girls' team. Um, so I went to Killaloo, Balnad down in Killaloo around five or six years ago um, under Grace Kearney. She started a team, I think, seven years ago. So that was a good place to start. And when you started playing the rugby team, of course, it was probably, was it tag rugby or was it... No, it was full, full rugby, full, full on. on rugby. No, no missing? <laughs> no, no. And when you started playing, then, where, had you any particular preference for where you played or were you, were you just put in a certain position? Oh, no, I went from every position on the field. Or, um, I had... Played full back, second row, back row, eight. And now I've ended up in hooker. <laughs> funny that, you know, Lord Mercy and your grandfather, that's what he played. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny how, you know, they said the, the apple doesn't fall far from, from, from the tree. But uh, it's interesting that, you know, Robin, he was a brilliant hooker uh, for Scarif. And of course, your, your father, who's here, which is as well, would have, would, have, would have seen him and would have played with him. If you had a preference for position, is hooker your, your favourite player? Obviously, you know, at this stage, it must be. Uh, well, I like it, but I say I still prefer a flanker. It's just Taking much more down, free. Down, <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, you you say you started with Bellinading at at a young age, and was there tournaments or competitions at that time? Um. Yeah. Lucky enough, there was. We'd play a match every weekend against a few odd teams, but there seems to be more like teams coming up now. Although I know that the lot have been lost in Limerick. Um. The UL Bows, they have taken a lot of women's like teams under. So I think Shannon is the only other women's team inside there that's hanging on by string. And say then from okay, obviously you you're playing with Kinanu uh Melanie, right? How did you come to the attention? Obviously you must have been playing very well to come to the attention of Monster Selectors. Um well actually Grace is the manager inside theirs um for the Monster under eighteen development squad. So she put me forward with six other girls and five of us made it, which was very <laughs> good. Um, but, yeah. And come here, how do you find the difference in, say, from playing with Belenea Kildu to playing, obviously, playing with Munster? That's a massive step up. Yeah, well, a lot more serious. Um, to be honest, I just started rugby for the fun of it. And then, well, <laughs> it's not. You can't have so much laughs when you're off a monster, but it was good. It was a very good opportunity to like 
see what it's like at a higher level and play teams like Leinster and Connacht. And do you see much difference in the type of training, say, when you go, obviously it is more intense. As you said, you were playing for the fun, playing, you know, and you have to enjoy it. That's one thing, you have to get enjoyment out of sport, there's no yeah. doubt about that. But do you find a massive increase in the intensity in the training that you're doing with Munster? Or what do they focus on more different that you would with the club? Oh, 100%. Like, there's a lot of fitness and there'd be a lot of splits for, like, forwards and backs and they'd have a lot of game plays for his club. It'd be like, just do this or practice your tackling and your passing, which is, yeah. So they kind of, they'd be playing condition, a lot of condition games with, with Munster yeah. taken and, you know, yeah. preparing for situations that may happen. Yeah, learning off calls and everything. Yeah, that was the one question. I, I, how do you, how do you manage the calls? You know, you are you are you making the calls yourself, or is it up, or is it the captain makes the calls? Um, no, it varies. So for the lineouts, it would have been our main jumper, um, not even our pack leader. So she was a flanker, and she made all her calls. And unlucky for me, it was always a surprise. They didn't come up and tell me the calls, so that was great. But um, we made it work, and then. For like game plays, it would be our ten. She'd call our blues or our reds or all that. <laughs> and you said, now, you're for the for the for the for the for the line for the lineouts, right? You were throwing the ball, obviously the lineouts, and obviously to be a hooker, and it's more than just putting your leg in and getting the ball back. No, you have to be spot on with these <coughs> with these lineouts because position is yeah. is vital. Yeah. Do you do much practicing? Obviously, do you do a lot of practicing on the lineout throwing? Yeah. Well. Um, it took a while to get the hang of it. We got a girl in to help us, like perfect it, um, our throws, which was good. And um, um, my uncle Robbie was helping me a lot on a Friday evening, <laughs> up in the new, for the yeah, indoor yeah, so. astroturf. Yeah. So you're making full use of the new, the new, the new, the new <laughs> yeah. setup. And speaking of the throw, the throws are so important for a hooker in, in rugby, Robin. Um, you know, it's even international rugby. Very often, it seems that the hooker gets blamed if the if the line isn't working perfectly. But it wouldn't always be the hooker's fault. I'm sure you'd agree. Is that sometimes the jumper get their timing wrong, or the lifters are. You know, yeah. you feel that is a bit of pressure on the hooker to get it right. Oh, 100%. Um, I remember in our Connacht game, it just oh, it was not going right. Half the time they weren't jumping. I was as a region. I was like, oh yes, but no. The next day at Leinster, they went much better. I thought. Yeah, and I mean the thing is, I suppose no matter what, if there's anything going wrong in any sport, there's a, a mixture of people to blame at different times depending on the circumstances. But in the scrums, then uh, they're full-on scrums at that age level, I presume. And, and yeah, yeah. Uh, are the games you play with Connacht and Leinster and, and Ulster and those are they in a competition or are they just kind of games for development? Um, no, they're the interprovincial series where you're supposed yeah. to play all three, and if you win all three of the matches, you're supposed to come out on top with like points-wise and all that. But for us, it didn't go so well. But we didn't get to play Ulster um, because they had COVID cases, which was it would have been a good match to start off with because yeah. they would have been one of the weaker teams yeah. in our competition. And the overall squad is it is it maybe more? Is, are there a lot of Cork girls on it, or is it is it more fifty fifty with the Limerick and Clare side, or you um, know do you know do you know what one? So there are a lot of schools in Cork probably yeah. more strong as well. Um, well, it kind of varied. I know the most girls came from Feathered. Oh. It would be like one of the strongest um, women's team at my age anyway. They are very good. Um, Ennis is a very good squad at it as well, but they didn't make a lot of them this year, which was quite surprising. Yeah, they are good, yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
And then, now for, for the training, right? Obviously with Munster, okay, obviously it's grand. And then they run down to Bellinair there to train with Bellinair. But for Munster, where did most of the training take place? Um, so we had two different venues. We'd train in Tolman Park on a Thursday for two hours and then Mudsgrave on a Tuesday for another nice, two hours. Nice short spin, yeah. Oh, just down the road, sure. <laughs> And come here, who was your who was your coach then? Would, would someone from the rugby IRFU or for the Munster branch come in a special coach or who is your Um well we had our head coach which was Fiona Fiona Hayes, I think. Um she was an Irish rugby player. Um and she won the Munster Interprovincial Series and she led Munster to their last the Munster under eighteens to their last two interprovincial series titles. And then she'd be the forwards coach and then there was Maraid and she'd be the backs coach she was just the sub coach and she also played for Munster and say when you were in when you were with Ben and Ed Kinloodin right um, is there a special coaches that come out say from the same from the Munster or from Limerick to coach you or who's coaching you down there um, well it's Grace Kearney that does the majority of it well she's help from different people but sometimes the women's development officer Ken would come out or Willie um, I think Willie's more based down in Cork though around that area it must be a proud moment to that red jersey uh, for Munster you know I know you go to the, you used to go to the games in, in Tormund Park you've seen Munster play many a time mm. what a moment to put on that famous red jersey were you expecting to make the the cut were you confident in making the cut what? no not at all to be honest uh, I'd say oh, I dashed myself so many times but yeah Quite nerve-wracking still putting on that jersey, but oh, it was nice. Like we still do the same at the rugby as they always do. Is there a special ceremony for giving out? Does someone give out the jersey? You know, does that still that is that tradition still there? Yeah, um, the women's monster captain um, presented our jerseys the night before our first match, so that was very good. Yeah, I was just going to ask as well that you know, the, in the men's rugby as well, there's a huge thing about the tradition of monster and. You know, built up to the matches in in Tormund Park, but in in the women's game, then are you kind of as well as all the coaching you're know, getting to play? Are you kind of fed a lot of stuff about the tradition of Munster rugby and how it, you know how to behave and how to act and how to wear the jersey and the you know how, how deep how deep it runs yeah. in Munster? Are you, are you yeah, giving a lot of that stuff? Yeah, definitely. And you you bought into it? Yeah, definitely. Good They're very proud of the jersey and yeah. they want you to represent well. So. No dilly dallying around. No fooling, loud, yeah. Okay. No. And we are going back to the game. Then itself, you were saying that the first night, um, the Niners did maybe didn't go as to plan. Not your fault, just the the jumpers, of course. You know, what I mean? we mm. won't blame anyone. Anyway, <laughs> no, no. Anyway. <laughs> to perfect that thing for the next night, was it the call? Did did they work well on calls or make just get the jumpers aligned? Well, we chatted about where the problems went through the next night of training and there was confusion at where they were jumping and who was the jumper at that position. So we worked on that the next night of training <coughs> and tried to fix where we went wrong. And went well? Yes, definitely. I think so anyway. In those games, right, you know, obviously it is intense. Did you enjoy playing the games? Were you enjoying the games as they were going or were you just concentrating on the game itself? Um. Well... They were quite nerve-wracking going up to them, but I think when we got started, um, the first match was definitely way more nerve-wracking than the second, but when we were playing Leinster, we were just getting beaten by so much that there was nothing left <laughs> to just, enjoy it. just, <laughs> just want to ask that. Leinster <laughs> has such a massive population with Dublin, and you know, I presume there's so many, I presume there's a lot of clubs there and opportunities for girls in schools and everything else, so uh, obviously it's very hard to compete with them, is it? Um. Yeah, well... 
I'd say the two strongest teams would be ourselves and Leinster, but not really this year. But that team in particular had been training together for three years. So a lot of their players are now going to move out of the under-18 age group. So we'd be training together now for two years, this group that's going on to the new Interferential Series in 2022. And I was going to say, you, you take us aptly, very aptly to 2022. What's for Robin McKenna in 2022? <laughs> Now I know and look we know that you're you're hitting on to Galway uh, going studying and the very best very best look with the studies but I suppose there's no doubt sport and study can can mix there's no doubt we've all we've all tried it it works well what's next for Robin do you stay playing with Bellinay Killaluna are you under eighteen again are you going from under eighteen next year uh, you're no, still there again I'm for still another year there, yeah. so will you be staying playing for Killaluna for another year then um yeah that's the hope anyway I doubt I'll be making many trainings but I will travel back for the matches at the weekend and. There'll be the monster development thing starting again then in a month, so I have to track back for that as well. There's no rest for the weekend, is there? <laughs> no. Come here, the fact that you've played with Munster now, obviously you're going to come under the eye of the obviously the more powerful, more bigger teams. Would your aspirations to play obviously you played for Munster is the green jersey a thought in your back of your head at some stage yes, I'm going to, if I get the red jersey Munster, I can get the green jersey of Ireland. Ah uh, yeah, I suppose that's a dream of a lot of the girls I was playing with to play that series, but um, I'm happy enough where I am at the moment. I'm sure we'll let whatever come come. Yeah, <laughs> tell you one thing, you're calm and confident. I give you that much. There's no, <laughs> you know, there's not, nothing that phases you anyway. There's not all about that. Have you been following the rugby uh, rugby qualifying tournament? Ireland, the last, the senior ladies, the last of Spain, but yeah, turned it, turned around again last weekend against Italy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they have a very good squad, just like Monster. I was following them for the Inter pros. They were phenomenal team um, I know their flanker Maeve O'Gullier she was helping me for a while as well with the throw. she's unbelievable she's um, she started off going for centre um, but she got rejected twice for the Munster squad and she was told she'd never make it as a centre so she changed her position and worked so hard last year and then she made the squad So she, and she got player of the match there lately near, and she, near, or and well deserved she have got, got player of the match there's no doubt about that yeah. would she do any coaching with you down in um, well, she'd come along. She'd be very good friends with Grace, um, but she's a phenomenal person. She brings a very good atmosphere down there, so it's really good to have her around. We are. We wish you the very best of luck in the rest of your rub, uh, rugby career. We'll be following you with interest. Obviously, you're going off from the over ball back to the, the back to the, <laughs> the round ball. Camogie, taking up your focus, getting ready for the championship. Yeah. Oh, sure, took a bit of a backseat now, trying to get back in the swing of things. <laughs> uh, I won't, won't take you along. <laughs> Hopefully not. Robin McKenna, it's been very good to talk to you and thanks very much for coming in to us here on Scarab Bay Community Radio and we wish you the very, very best of luck. Oh, thank you very much. Career. Thank you. And once again, thanks to Robin McKenna for coming in and talking to us here uh, about her sporting career to date. And we're now we're joined, uh, we change, we change, change seats and we're, joined to, we're now joined in the studio by her uncle, uh, no doubt, um, and our regular uh, rugby analyst here on Scarab Bay Community Radio. Man, very, very good to us. It's Michael Madden. Michael, you're welcome back again. Thanks, Emilio. Michael, I suppose the last time we were here, we were talking pre-Lions tour, you know, before the summer and looking forward to maybe what was going to happen or not going to happen, whether it was going to go ahead or not go ahead. It went ahead eventually and the spiles went to South Africa. Yeah. I suppose we, we kind of had, you know, we kind of predicted what was going to happen, but like it, it was a pity and... Like it kind of shown, I think probably last week Australia kind of shown the way you play South Africa. You cannot go toe to toe with them. You have to outfox them, outplay. Like you know, you need an out half like Great Cooper or Finn 
you know, Russell playing there, and that's how you're going to beat him, is not to take him on up front, to vary the plays and, and challenge him in different ways. And, um, you know, in fairness, Warren Gatlin, he just stuck with, you know, the, the same one-dimensional thing until he had no choice to change it, and then by then it was probably too late. And it's good to see Craig Cooper rejuvenated. What a what a turnaround in a men's career! I'm so happy for him. Like I mean, because I, I actually follow him on Facebook, and like it was actually I was I was kind of sad for him because he was in Japan and he was walking around with his kids, and there was nothing really happening. The next thing, he got the call back to go back, and like in fairness, he's a, he's an unbelievable athlete. He's always kept up his fitness, and he's and it, it's great to see like that. You know. If you stick with it, you keep your faith in, in the way you want to play and the way the, the way you see the game being played. That uh, you can get a second chance at it, like, and 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 then be have the abilities to take it, like. And I suppose looking at, at top sportsmen and you know, especially in the rugby, rugby game, you know, ingenuity. You you could he could come up with anything, and that's what you you, you kind of pay to watch these as really. But that's what their box office. That, that those are the guys you pay to see. Like you don't pay to see guys being hammered, running over lads. You pay to see. The Finn Russells, the Quaid Coopers, the the Barrett's of the world. That's what you. That's what people want to see, and that's that's the type of rugby we all want to see. And uh, even Eddie Jones, named England, uh, fifty men or the yeah. squad, forty men. He seems to be changing tech uh, too, and I suppose maybe to either change tech or change jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Names, yeah. You know, he, he you know he, he seems to be well. Eddie Jones is the ultimate chameleon. Like he can just ch- if if he can see the weather change and he will swap and uh, like he, he's obviously seen enough now to say that you know it's time to move on and and uh, adapt because like like South Africa will just keep producing the same type of team. So you have to evolve to beat them. Like if uh, you know th- that's the only way you're going to beat and, them. And yet, Michael, despite the fact that you're right about Brazil, right about South Africa and, and Gatland, just trying to beat them at their own game, which you can't do, as you said, but yet. For all their physicality and all their, you know, oomph and their up the jumper, they have a two or three players with class to just yeah. turn it on in a second like the winger. For instance, yeah. unbelievable. Well, that's that's the other problem I probably have with South Africa is like they have the abilities to play really brilliant rugby, mm-hmm. but they choose to do it. They have so, to know, so seems, early. Yeah, it seems to be kind of a tradition of theirs, though, you know. But when they have to, do, when, when they're put when they're put to the pin at their collar, Michael, they can switch in midstream. You know, oh, they yeah. can change their game plan in midstream. You know, we here in Ireland or wherever, even north, we just seem to be so, so regimented. Like, yeah, our, our our game plan for the last as long as we've been, you know, doing this this podcast or this show, like, is it doesn't seem to change that much. They've won up runners and they're trying to box into a corner and then trying to go around the side, like, but. The, the invention is never there like like you could see like Zebo is not on the new panel the no. 50 like after coming back and like what they just is don't that just want a, is that still just a punishment though would you like I'd imagine maybe he might see out he might be on for the, the but he'd probably get called in for the you know, a few good games from Munster hopefully he'll probably get called in for the Six Nations or is it still a punishment for going away I, is it a punishment or is it is it, is it that he brings he un- an unreliability that you know you're not yeah. sure what he's going to bring yeah. and yeah. like that all they want is so- somebody that'll do ABC and if you do ABC well then that that's a tick in the box and you, yeah. you Michael, can Michael if Zebo was in Australia or New Zealand or anywhere like that he'd be an automatic choice well, he'd, be, he'd, be, he'd be at least in the squad mm. you can't exactly. leave people of this quality out like you know what I mean he's only 31 isn't he 31 yeah, yeah. 
he's got four at least two or three years yeah, left, yeah. left in him. And like, you know, like you, the fullback we have at the moment, he like he's very dependable, very dependable. But you never, I've never seen him do anything flashy or anything that you would say, my God, I can't Is believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like he's he's steady, Eddie. You know, he's you know, a good man to close out a game if yeah. he had a lead built up, maybe. Yeah. But like, mm. he never, I've never seen him do one thing that. I would say, wow! I didn't think he could do that. Yeah. That that's that's exciting. Or that, what you see is what you get. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Like there's no, um, you know, like there's no magic to him. Like he's he is just a solid full back, and that's all Ireland wants. It, it, it seems like it's it, just yeah. a reliable somebody who will not mess up. Like rather than somebody that will mess up every now and again, but will. Yeah, do it something seems to be the template like. for the fullback. You go back to Rob Kearney or whatever, back along, and you just see a good fielder, same, same thing, tackler, yeah. and. Don't don't rock the boat. Yeah, yeah don't try. We are just speaking about South Africa and the season is starting as as this evening later on this evening with Munster and the cell the cell is it the cell C Sharks is their proper it, title. Yeah, they're coming to town from South Africa. Changing times with this, you know, with the the, the, the new league format and the South African, it should bring better. <coughs> no, if the oh, if the South Africans are going to take it as serious as we hope they do. Well, hopefully, like I like we we we're so desperate for an actual proper league where the, you're actually wondering about the results and you actually there's a bit of interest in the games and th- there's a bit of interest in this match now. It's on TV on Saturday night, like so there'll definitely be a crowd watching the first few matches, see if it's more competitive. Yeah, and that's what people want to see. Like you, nobody wants to see Linster or Monster winning ninety yeah. percent of their matches in the league. What you want is competitive, like and that you, you're there's a win, there's a lot. Do you know what I mean? Or, or at least there's no fifty point drubbing to teams like and let's see where we're at like after four or five games we're going to know anyway. yeah because that Pro 14 reminds me not only a team that maybe got relegated in the Clare Cup or something was in the wrong division and yeah. then you come to the championship being next year and you're not ready for it yeah. you know it's much the same thing so hopefully to lead to the, as you say the competitiveness and in, an interesting sight so Noel McNamara making his a, a debut back here in, in Ireland yeah. Back in 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 Tom and Balcobal places, yeah. you know. I know he's a Linster had come through the Linster system, but yeah. really, he's he sure he lives twice. His mother's house is twenty miles from Tom and Park. Yeah, a couple of kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's it. Like, but like, it's brilliant for him, and I think he's like he's one to watch. He could easily even the Munster like job if he goes well. Like, th- there is going to be job opportunities <clears> for him because he's a proven. He's proven, and he, his style of play is really good. He tries to, you know, really expand the play, up, yeah. and you can see that with the under twenties. Like some of the the wins they had and the game, the way they yeah, play the rugby is excellent. Like. And of course, you know, as you said, he's tried tried and tested with with Linster. Obviously, the the he wasn't going to get in there to the top job, so he's taken the opportunity to move away. And by all accounts, from seeing on, on different clips that are and and thing, has been ref, um, going well down there. And it's fitting in quite well and has been taken in well by the South Africans. Yeah, well, I don't know, like in fairness, like look at Felix Jones and all these guys, like if you can do your job and do it well, the South Africans will take you as long as you have the abilities, like they have no problem that way. And it's the same with New Zealand. The problem is we're just not producing enough of them to be able to, you know, like if we had more coaches that did what, um, you know, Raj has done and uh, he, uh, Noel has done as well. Like that's that's the way you want to go is to develop outside and then come back. Like because you're bringing back something different. Like you know, I think the, far too many of them just take the easy option of just you know, oh, sure, I can be a forwards coach here or a backs coach here. Like it, the hard thing is to go off and 
become, uh, you know, learn your trade. As you're speaking, the people that went away, Jerry Flannery was involved and in see what he's after doing since he went to, to Harlequins, you yeah. know, doing a tremendous job. And, you know, who's to say that he won't be back in the in, in, in the phrase? So, you know, there is good coaching tickets coming there, you know what I mean, to, Def- to, to come back. Look, at our friend Mr Van Gren is still, is still in charge. Michael, and you know, I was in Limerick myself. The way you say that, Leo. Yeah. I was in I was in Limerick myself the other day, and happened to get talking to a couple of people that I would know in the rugby scene, yeah. and absolutely a guest. Yeah. Well, see, there. see, the problem is it's money, really. It's, you know, he's a year left running his contract. They're going to let that run out. I don't think I don't think they're going to offer him a new one. And then because like they just can't afford to pay for him, pay pay him off, and they can't really afford to buy someone else new in and having to pay him off. So I think they're going to let it run out and then at the end of the year, hopefully they will d- decide on a new ticket and hopefully they'll get it right this time. Like, you know, they ha- they've got, a, you know, you could say they've, they've if, you know, their track record is, is bit, you know, it's 50-50. Like, yeah, 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 50-50 yeah. on it, like. The new signings, what you make of them? But look at that. I think the, their ability to even make any signing is is impressive with the with the money that they have. Like so, like um, every every player that you know, I can't see they've signed anything that's going to make us overly competitive. Yeah. The, the problem we have is we're going to get to a quarterfinal and we're going to get to the semi final of the. But are we yeah. going to win any of these? Like, do you want the we can get to a quarterfinal every year, but what is going to get us over the line for to get us to a semi-final or a final, or you know, to really try and win something? Like? Yeah, and looking at looking up the road, up the, the the motorway up the road to Leinster, and like even at this early stage, it doesn't look like they were going to push him in any shape or form. No, uh, they, they they have the numbers like, and but the, see, the only thing they have is which we don't have is a production line. Yeah, they yeah. can produce players. We, our method and our ways of doing it at the moment is broken like the monster are too reliant on the schools they they haven't enough coaches on the ground at the clubs like so they're they're never going to produce the the uh, conveyor belt of talent so then they're relying on one-offs to produce or else they're relying on people to come in like and that's and michael if, if you do know and i'm not sure myself because I, i'm not in the know about the financial rugby we'll say monster would seem to have a great fan base their sponsorship their toyota and all that so what, what is the problem with them in having enough cash in comparison? I know Leinster are massive because of Dublin and all that, but Connacht and Ulster sort of, you know, are reasonably competitive. And Munster seem to have a better fan base, a broader fan base, and, you know, big sponsors in there. So where is the issue with finances? Is it just lack of sponsorship? Well, see, I suppose, like, if you look at it, like, to get, uh, say, a second row of top quality, you're looking at 600 grand, like. So that is, you know, a oh lot gosh. of money. Yeah. And it, that's one, that's kind of the money you want to spend if you want to change where the season is going. Yeah. Like, So, like, um, they don't, just don't have that. Like, that, It's as simple as that. Like, yeah. they just... Yeah, it's, they, not they, there. it's not there. It's not there. there. No, it's no, just no. not there. You're looking at the, even, say, looking at Ulster now, right? And they're after getting a, a new strength and conditioning coach up there. Mm. A fellow was involved with the Limerick Hurdles. Yeah. Brilliant you know, Kiley, we see yeah. um, Mikey Kiley, yeah. you know, all the top players on this, obviously, they, he's getting a better, getting a good offer, and and there's an offer he couldn't refuse. Yeah. Again, he goes back to the most, same, most same, of him same go thing. Up, Sorry, most of him go if he was willing. Yeah, to but he goes back to the same thing. Rugby, we just don't yeah. have, we can't yeah. afford to keep him. Yeah, well, like I, I think everybody wonders what is actually going on in in Munster rugby, like or how does things happen, like because like even just for our own club, like you know, like to, we so to get. Um, 
we we get a Munster coach, right? But we actually have to pay. So we pay a Munster branch like uh, twelve hundred euros to get Maybe, yeah. the Munster to get a coach to go around to the schools to the, and like the club has to pay that. So Munster can't even pay for a, a coach to go around to the schools. So the, uh, the local, if your club wants them to do that, <coughs> then they have to do it to for it to happen. Like so. Interesting. Speaking of the of the local club, Michael, look, at it has been a torrid time. A torrid. Trying to keep the whole thing going, you know. Yeah. Obviously, there was a tremendous the venture with the new asset up there, tremendous. And once again, congratulations on a brilliant, brilliant facility. And look, at hopefully that be used by as many people as possible. Back to the field of play. Yeah. You know, and that's where everyone wants to be. At, at the end of the day, is on the field of play. How was Scarrow set up for the new season? Well, sure. It's been tough now. It has been tough now to get things up and running because, you know, with the, the hurling championship, all these things going on and players being affected both ways. But, like, at, uh, tomorrow now we're out in the Transfield Cup in the first round against Turles. Uh, so that's the seniors' first day out. Now they haven't done much training and they're, they're probably only just back together maybe this week. Like So uh, at least they're back together and at least we have a team going out. So that's probably a starting point. But for the underage then, like the minis have been back a few weeks and they're still, like Hurling is still kind of slowing down. To, uh, towards an end, yeah. yeah. Mm. But the under-14s uh, now, we've played, uh, we played two matches and uh, we, we're going okay. Um, well, we beat Sennans 80 points to 15 there last Sunday. So we're we've we've a very strong team now, and um, we do expect to be going well in that league. We're joining with St Mary's now at the, um, and they seem to have a good few forwards, and we have a good few backs. So it seems to be balanced. Is St Mary's in Limerick? Is yeah. It, are, you, are you kind of a feeder club, or is it a kind no, of a, no, a combination of both? It's a combination of both, and like they're coming out to us on a Thursday night, and we're going into them on a Thursday night. So like twice a month. Uh, okay. One one crowd are going in or out. It's a real break with tradition, isn't it? Oh, geez, yeah. But no, like I think if you want to make these things happen, like we had, um, we had twelve players that wanted to play rugby, and they had uh, about twelve players that wanted to play rugby. So it, it, once we got talking and we got uh, got to the other, like you know, that's the hardest bit, and um, they, they agreed to the setup. So um, you know, it's worked so far, and like at least we're playing rugby, and they're playing rugby, so. That's a kind what of what age group is that, right? That's under 14s. Yeah, we're, we're also joined at under 13s and we're joined with Kilou Ballin, St. Mary's, and ourselves at under 15s. So and, and Mary's would lower numbers. They would be, yeah, 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 yeah. Have to that. I know, in but, a way. but you see, like the the Limerick is a is a funny kind of the the town the city like it's all divided up and yet yeah. they all amalgamate together and then. UL Bowes, like at every age group, they seem to just try and they, they don't mind if they're 50 that's on the panel. Yeah, yeah, the whole So, lot. like, that sucks. And they're at that side of the city. Yeah, that's so true. that's that's a hard you know, thing to hold on to. There's a very, yeah, to, for young lads, yeah. Yeah, and like, mm. then you've Munchens the school as well. Like, so, like, the guys that are on, the, say, the under 14 team, like, they're training three times a week with Munchens. And then they're trying to with us then maybe once or twice like but like they're, they're you know so it, it it is interesting to see how the other fight how the city you know how yeah. schools and how the different half live and how they yeah. seem to how they you can see now how they move on so much faster than the country kids because like in in munchens now they're training three times a week in the school whereas you know That's if we were out here yeah it's part of the curriculum in there simple you yeah. know as simple as that and I suppose it's the, way, it's the only way to go oh. really Michael time has caught up on us um, yeah, no bother. what do you see as uh, potential for Scarif this year you know and the club 
what would they be aiming for? Well, if you look at it, right, so we are Division 2. So uh, Innes is Division 2. Sinans are Division 2. So we are punching probably above our weight. Yeah. Innes are punching below their weight. And Sinans are about the same as us. So if we stay in Division 2 and uh, we get a cup or we win something like that, that I think that's a good year. And we're, we're kind of... Like Division 2 rugby was the highest I ever got to play and these guys are playing it now and it's a very young team we have. So uh, I think if we could hold Division 2 and we could beat a couple of our neighbours, I think that would be a good season. And also you're looking for players. Anyone that's interested? Absolutely. You'd like them to... From, uh, about, to from 6 to uh, 40. <laughs> <laughs> they, know, they know where to go for a game of, for a game of ball. Perfect. Thank Michael you. Michael Madden, as always, good to talk to you and thanks for coming in and talking to us here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio. You're listening to Sportsline on Scarlet Bay Community Radio, 88.3 and 92.7 in East Clare, around the world on scarletbayradio.com and on the TuneIn radio app. Sportsline is sponsored by Derg Credit Union. And now we're joined on the line by uh, by Brendan Foley, one of our, our, our regular uh, team here on Scarlet Bay Community Radio. Normally he talks about Holland or Camogie. Last year, we, we sent him on an excursion to the Hinch or two years ago for the Irish Open. This this weekend, we have him in to talk about uh, the Ryder Cup. Now, we're not sending him to Wisting Straits, but he's <laughs> going to put us straight about the Ryder Cup. Uh, Brendan Foley, you're welcome once again. It's more like Dire Straits, I'd say, Leo, than the Wisting Straits. <laughs> uh, dire Straits for that. Brendan, look, at, for, for an awful lot of people, you know, that wouldn't have any interest in the game of golf, when it comes to Ryder Cup week, it takes on... A, a kind of a, a, a totally different significance. You know, there's people, as I said, people that wouldn't even be interested will watch it this weekend. It's a tremendous sporting spectacle, Brendan. Oh, it is, Leo. Um, you know, for golfing people, I suppose, it's, it's like the, the people that have, that's only the horse and for selling them. Uh, the golf lads have the, the Ryder Cup, that's their three days of, of national hunt, as we call it. Um, but it's a great spectacle and, you know, you have the top golfers in the world, Europe and America, competing against each other. And, you know, there. I think, um, like, it's, it's WWE is over in Europe, and, you know, the European factor behind it, and the fans and the whole lot, but there's something about the American crowd. They get half-canned inside, and they could come over and anything, and there's going to be a very biased crowd now in, in Western Stretch. You, you won't have much European support there, so I think... That adds even to the drama and the excitement to the whole lot as well, like you know, because it can be quite vice just the angst when the when the when the smell the, uh, the 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 winning line. So it's going to be very interesting three days of golf, watching how it all unfolds. And Brendan, is it, is it fair to say, as you mentioned the crowd before, we move on to the, the golfers themselves, that the American crowd have a kind of a different view of of of, of sporting golf and the and the tradition, traditions of golf than the Europeans and the British would and the Irish because. You know, the Irish and the Europeans and the British tend to be very, uh, you know, appreciative of, of the opposition and maybe fair to everybody and kind of keep quiet and a little bit more uh, laid back and held back. But whereas the, the Americans are very gung-ho and like to try and intimidate the other side. So there is a big difference there, isn't there? Oh, there is. It's a shadow of a doubt, uh, Pat. You know, they, they go and they make a day and a night of it on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're at it fairly early, like, you know and what I mean? 20 burgers and, and hot dogs as well. <laughs> Oh, dear, there is a tough card. It's like, when we go to a match, we go to the match and we make it a long journey coming home. They, they, they start there at the match, like, you know what I mean? 
But but uh, you know, look, it's 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 a great occasion. It's a, it's a, I, I was talking to a lad that I worked with before, and he was at the one over in um, in the Eagles, and he said it was it's just after after charts. He says like you know, and they had both the Yanks were over and the Americans or and uh, and the Europeans, and he said it's just it's just a different level being there watching it like in because normally like you know. You're there and everyone is refined or waiting for the shot is hitting the whole lot. These fellas are roaring halfway through your backswing, like, yeah. you know, and, and like you had there a couple of years ago when Bubba was in the tee box and he stood up and he got the crowd warmed up and the whole lot and he went up the roar when he was hitting the ball and Sir Poulter followed in behind him and he said, oh, sir, if you can do it, I can do it. And it just got the whole thing kicked off, like, you know, and don't be surprised if you see a bit of that again this year, like, you know, because the Yanks do love to, um, hear noise or get very boisterous they'd love to get on the opposition backs like you know what I mean I think if Europe are going to make a a, a, a statement early on they'll have to silence the crowd to, to, to get on top of, uh, in, in their matches and get as I say a sea of blue up on the board because that that crowd there like you know they can get very they can get on your back very early and if you if you're like the fear the one fear I have for Europe in this is like it isn't anything against English we have six English we have two Irish two two Spanish in there and uh, you know what I mean like and to me the fear I have for Europe is 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 Lee Westwood now Lee Westwood is a great servant of the Ryder Cup and the whole lot but I just don't think his form coming into this is any way good and I don't think his head is even in a right headspace because watching him in the BMW there in Wintworth uh, the last competition there and he came off and he was he was all over the shop and I mean all over the shop even talking about his game he didn't care and you know it was the last thing I think Harrington wanted to hear and I think you know it was a worry for Harrington that he, Westwood was in one of his automatic spots and I think Harrington would have loved if Lowry got in automatically and he would have pushed Westwood out and I do genuinely believe that he would have went for Justin Rose yeah. quicker than Westwood because Rose is playing way better golf than what Westwood is now at the moment. Now Westwood is a great Ryder Cup player and the whole lot but you know that has to come ten in sometime and he's like there's some of the he, like Westwood is I can't think of his age now. But I know one of the, Marakawa, if you take Marakawa of the Americans, whisper could be his head or he's so young. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a big difference there in age. Like, and, do you know, can you keep going back to the well? To say, it's a young man's game, like, really. And, you know, even to say, you could say the same with Poulter. His game isn't, yeah, Brendan, I was, going, I was going to say to you there, Brendan, I, I, I thought it's a surprise myself. I would have been definitely, I, I can't see, you know, not that I know a whole lot about golf, I can't understand how Justin Rose isn't in the in the 12, and he, I thought automatically he would definitely be a captain's pick, even ahead of Paul. Now, I, Lowry had to be in, I suppose, and was never going to be left out anyway, an Irishman, but he, he he probably with, with, would have played himself on it. Had, had played himself into it anyway more even though not to automatic qualification but I cannot understand how Rose is left out and both Porter and Westwood now Porter can do it for the for the Ryder Cup he's done it before no guarantee he's going to do it again well that's it like you know how many times can the postman deliver like you know the, <laughs> he, he delivers every time but like you know there comes a time when that's going to catch up with you and his form has no. He, he 
played some bit reasonably in the last couple of weeks, but you know, when you're going over <clears> to the States, you have to be on the top of your game. And like, you know, young Matt Fitzpatrick is in there. Like, I'd have no fear of Paul Casey. Like, you know, Casey is a solid player. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood is a solid player. Um, Garcia, I think Garcia will be fine. You know, I mean, I'd have no fear of Garcia. He's able to... Like, Tyrrell Hatton is Good. another one I'd worry for. Because he's a very fiery player. And if the Yanks get, get a smell of blood with him at all, this fella could explode. You know what I mean? He's a very... He, if things don't go right for yeah. him, he does wear his heart on his sleeve. You know what I mean? And this is the fear I have for Europe with this team. Like, you know, there's there's a lot of questions in there as there's an awful lot of the Yanks have... have like, you go through the Yank team. Like, Patrick Kent has playing great stuff. Harris English, Fino, uh, you know, uh, Maracoa. Brendan, Brendan, the proof of the proof of the pudding, I suppose, to, to agree with your point is in the world rankings at the moment. I mean, Europe have number one in John Ram, but the Americans have the, the number two, three, four, five, six, seven... 9, 10 and 11 and that Harris English is 11 to the world he's the player I'd hardly ever recognise yeah, good even player, good player, good no, player. Yeah. but you know uh, and um, Jordan Speed is uh, for a brilliant golfer is only 14 but they have they have about 8 or 9 of the top 10 or 12 on the team whereas Europe's next rated man in world rankings is I think um, Paul Casey at, no Tittle Hatton at 19 um, you know the rest of them are in the 20s and 30s and 40s so on paper the Europe should have no chance but as we know, the in dynamic, match play the and dynamic in is different, the pride yeah. of the of of the representing their 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 their, 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 their continent, I suppose we call it, uh, does drive on the Europeans. You know, but on paper, Europe should have no chance. Well, on paper, yeah, but you see, the one thing that Europe have and is, is always good to them is they always had a good team ethic about them, yeah. and you know they always they always maintained that. The, the European team used to be more united and gelled than what the American team was, that they were more individuals. And this this has been something that America has been working on for the last number of years. And, you know, it's like, just see, when you look at the American side, right, go to 1 to 25, their 12 are in that bracket. So they're competing against each other every week, week in, week out as individuals. On and on, and, on, on and off the field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and you put them into a room, then say, "No, lads, we're going to make a team out of you." But they're they're trying to cut each other's throat fifty-one yeah. weeks of the year. Like you know what I mean? As the Europe boys, when they're when they're out and they're on a, a when they're playing, like they meet up and they have the crack and the whole lot. They seem to have a different, uh, let's say a different. I won't say a different aspect, but they have a different way of, as you say, on and off the field, the way the way they go about it. Like you know, but. Um, it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good Ryder Cup, but I think I just don't. I can't see it was on paper. We would need to be carrying, in my opinion, we would need to be carrying going in on the Sunday at least be two to three matches ahead. Yeah, it's a big uh, ask, and, 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 and the four balls and the foursomes are a big. You know, as you said, they need to get blue on the board early. Pairings are going to be important, Brendan. Um, and of course, obviously, we have two two Irish. Where we've uh, Shane Lowry and of course McElroy. You, you didn't mention McElroy. What, how do, what do you make of him at the moment? McElroy, you know, he's he's hot and cold. Do you know what I mean? Like he he like he could start off, he could start off and blow himself over around, and the next thing you see him coming the following day and he's back into it. And you know, he just seems to leave himself too much. Like McElroy hasn't put four consistent rounds together. 
you know, to say that he, he's back to form. But again, you know, when it comes to the Ryder Cup, he seems to be able to deliver. And like, will he put him? Will he put Lowry in with him? It's a big call. You know what I mean? Um, you know, it's Lowry's first Ryder Cup. You know, he could be sitting there on his shoulder. Like, you know, the matchups are going to be very interesting for you for Europe one way to go. Like, you know, like who's who's he going to match up? Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if you only see Westwood featuring once the, this in, week in the singles mm, yeah. and at Sunday evening. In the singles, Brendan, you go back you know to the I mean? go back to the Salheim Cup there a couple of weeks ago, and we had a brilliant you know achievement by the Irish player uh, uh, in our first start, Leona Maguire from Kevin, five and a half yeah. points out of six. Is there a possibility this could happen again with 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 Lowry or someone like that making their Ryder Cup debut for Europe? There, there is a strong possibility because, like you know, Lowry Lowry was always anxious to make this team, and I think you know because Harrington was involved as well in the Irish connection, the whole lot, and you could see when he came off of the uh, event in Wintrot, he was beating himself up because he wanted to get in automatically. You know, and like he didn't finish strong, but he had a bad week. And that was when you're when you're looking at a golfer like that. You're looking at the overall package. You're not just looking at the, and just the final round. Like, you know, we, we, got in, and that's it's his first Ryder Cup also, and another one with a lot of questions and tensor. Oh yeah, but I don't think it'll phase him because he's a he's a major winner. You know, he's delivered in the big stage. He's able to compete with. He's up there when, when the when the championships are on. He's there, there about. You know, he's always. He has a good nerve about him. I think he'll relish in this. I think Lowry will actually thrive in this. Um, you know, he's one of these guys that has a good temperament, and yeah. his caddy or caddy plays an awful uh, major role in this as well. And his caddy is a good guy as well. He's, you know, the gel well together on the whole. Lot. Like you're, you're. You're, you're, you're dealing with a fella there, like, you know, and Ma- if, if, is it possible he could go with McElroy? And that, they'll be fine. You know what I mean? They, I think they'll be fine. You could see John Ram and Sergio merging together, you know, as another as another parent. You could see, um, or you, you, like, you could see Tom, uh, Paul Casey and Fleetwood. You know, there's there's a lot of ap- options in is there, it, like, you know, you Nor- see, the Norwegian you guy, could, Havland, uh, what, what, sort, what sort is he? I don't know a lot about him yet now, I mean, player, as, yeah. as, a gol- Havilland, as, as a non-golfer. Yeah. yeah, he's a good golfer, he's a good mm. golfer too, like, you know what I mean? He's he's solid, like, you know what I mean? And and where's Berger? Brendan. Like, you know, they're, they're good. Yeah. Brendan, good. I just heard during the week on the radio there, again, whatever Leo knows about golf, I know a lot less, but the point is I still like it. The question is, Someone said that the, the Whistling Straits had very, very little rough altogether, so it would be really laid out for the really big hitters. And would the Americans have the advantage then if it's it's all about booming, booming, you know, drives all the time? And, uh, you know, that suited the really big, long hitters that America might have more of, or, or is that a, a wrong a wrong summation? Well, no, just see, if you look at the, the scores, when, when, when if you looked at a competition that was on in Europe and you look at a competition that was on in, in, in America... You could win a competition minus twenty three, minus twenty four over in the states. Yeah, because they allow for you know they don't set up they set up the course long, but you know it's not set up like that. You're like say uh, in Wintworth or you know say any other European courses around to make it tough that you're looking maybe a win in the competition maybe fifteen or sixteen under. Like that, there could be a ten shot difference between a competition in America and a competition in Europe. 
So they like to have it, the big bombers. And the Shambo, like, is, is your man that just bombs the course. Now, like, that's fine when you're hitting it straight, but why can't you put yourself into trouble, you know? And especially the format that this Ryder Cup is in, you hit three or four bad drives, you'll be punished. And if you go three or four holes down early in the competition, in, in, in these yeah, rounds, yeah. you'll struggle to claw it back. Like, so, like, you know, and then you hear the, the chat with the Yanks, with Kepka and the Shambo, that, you know, oh, it is all good. We had dinner last night and the whole lot and they're lovey-dovey. It's amazing the way it's the week of the Ryder Cup to get it started. You know, imagine if you were a captain of that team, you'd have that put to bed two or three weeks ago instead of having to talk about the week coming into the Ryder Cup. You know, and I think, you know, that's that's one thing I think Harrington has done well, that he, he surrounded himself with very experienced guys in his backroom team, like Luke Donald, you know, uh, has, has loads of Ryder Cup experience, Martin Keimer, so the, the, pot, the last time to win it, Graham McDowell, another Henrik Stinson, you know, and, and, and you have Robert Carson in there. So that's a very, very experienced backroom team. And then, you, like, you know, you look at the States, like what Stricker has, like Fred Couples, like... Fred Cobbins is Fred Cobbins a great player, but you know he he's an oldish type of player. And you're looking in Davis Love the third, you know another a farmer, guy, a farmer Mickelson, captain. Farmer captain, exactly. Like you know Mickelson is in there. No, look, they're all great players. I'm not cutting them that side at all. I'm just talking from a managing side of view. You know they'll probably all bring something to the table as well. And you know, but I I do fear for the I do fear for Europe in this one. I think you know. Over there with the states and all, all the crowd behind them, it's a massive advantage. And you Brind- know what I mean? And Brind- Brindon, looking at the European team, just uh, uh, just looking at it at first off, you would say it doesn't look to be the, you know, to be honest, the strongest European team that ever took to the course. No, but you know what I mean. The way the, the way the system goes, the qualified there, you know, you you you've over 12 months to get into this team and or two years now to get into this team to play or win to it like you know and like you know Shane Lowry had to get the pick Poulter had to get the pick and uh, Garcia had to get the pick so the rest of them played their way into it like you know what I mean but um, like just on paper you know the Yanks just look stronger they look way stronger on paper but again Europe seemed just to have the magic touch to get the far the the the, the paired and rice, and you know get 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 the blue on the board and, and if if they can start well early, if they can start well early, like you know that's the key I think for if Europe have to to make a dint in this because if it's if it's level or even one one behind, I I fancy the Yanks big time uh, in the singles because I just don't see enough of our lads there, like you know that that will bring you home a single point. Yeah. Like, you know, but you'll be hoping, you know, we'll be glued to the chair and please God, like, it'll be a great spectacle that it goes down to the wire because that's what we're all hoping for, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, and fair play, um, and fair play, to, the Clare, fair play to the Clare County Board. There's no hurling matches on this weekend, you know, <laughs> it, 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 you know to make sure that <laughs> we can watch, watch we can watch the Ryder Cup. But, uh, Brendan, looking at the... Look, look, that was... But that was that was put into the Masters fixture. Yeah, that's for sure. Brendan, looking, going back to the golf again there, right? Any of the golfers that have played it before said the most nervous they ever are, ever, even <coughs> really in the majors, is taking a shot, especially their first heat-off shot in this Ryder Cup. It's a, it must be a massive, obviously it's a massive, massive moment. Well, it is because, like, you know, you're, 
when you're hitting off every week, you're hitting off yourself. But now you're representing your nation. You know what I mean? And with the Americans and with Europe, you're representing your country and, and your continent as well. Like, you know, so, like, you know, and, and you have millions upon millions of people viewing and watching it. And they know themselves, like, you know, no matter how many thousand golf balls they hit, every golfer, as you, you correctly said, like, you know, they say that when they put down that ball in the tee box, someone will be wobbling at the knees, like, you know what I mean? And and it's it's just a release to get it out. Yeah, I remember listening to, I think it was Henrik Stinson one year, and he said he just wanted to hit the ball. He didn't care where it went. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. That's how nervous they get. It's, it's, a, it's a big occasion. And, like, you know, it's it's built up in you know, for the number of weeks and probably into the last month to six weeks, you know, people are just hovering on the line to, to get in. You know, it builds more pressure again. And then when they get in, there's a release. But then the, the week into it, there's the build up again and the tee up. But once they hit the first one, they're away and gone. And, you know, it starts to settle down, did like, But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's great. I'm really looking forward to it. Like, I'll be home here Friday at one o'clock sitting up watching it. And it's great. Like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a fantastic. As a golfer, it's what you're looking for. You're looking for the best golfers in the world to go out and put on a show and hopefully it'll be a great show. There's no order, but Brendan, in one word, yeah. uh, Europe or USA? Kills me to say it. I'd love to see Harrington win it. I've been an Irishman in the whole lot, but I just don't see it on paper. I think you. I think the states could win this by four or five. Yeah, that seems to be comment, the comment. The comment feed. Brendan, uh, good to talk to you. As always, uh, a different conversation this week. But look at you. You hit the nail in the head there uh, as usual. And Brendan, good to talk to you. We'll be back to we'll be back to our more regular game, uh, Brendan, next week. But as for now, thanks very much for taking the time to talk to us here on Scarabay Community Radio. Enjoy it, Brendan. No matter right. Take care. And once again, thanks to Brendan Foley for taking the time to talk to us about golf <coughs> on this occasion. Now we turn to, uh, back to, to Pat. Pat, this weekend, the Camogie Championship takes a, a, further, a further step in the, in, in the Championship with the group games of, obviously the team of five are playing this weekend with the, with the extra team, the group, the other group of four have a weekend off. And this weekend, Pat, we have Kilkishan Braik against New Market and Scarfogundo against St. Joseph's. Yeah, only two games. Uh, first of all, I suppose Scarif and Joe's. So I think it was easy enough to predict from my point of view. I would think Scarif will win it. Uh, I won't say handy, but they will win it, I think. Uh, Joseph's obviously Scarif have the benefit of a, of, a, of a reasonably tough game the last weekend. And that will stand to them. Plus the fact they have a stronger squad than Joseph's. So, uh, I, interesting to see how Joseph's have improved maybe in the last couple of years since promotion. But I can see no other... Uh, result in a Scarafogunda victory here between the younger players going very well and the senior players they thought some of the mature players around the while Gracie Kierabek and you know with the injury and able to cope for the full match and play well so hopefully all that will continue for them so I think Scarafogunda should win that one Mark and Fergus uh, but I can need to, need to win it's, it's desperation for them now at this stage but Mark and Fergus haven't gone away uh, and and Kishan Bray turned over the market uh, and Fergus at this stage last year. That's right, if I remember correctly, you're right. But um, I think the market seemed to have over the over the off season just come back way more determined. I mean, they were very good the last day by all accounts um, against Kilmealy, wasn't it? And uh, Kilmealy obviously were, were very good last year as well. So Kishan Bray have to do with the market very solid. Obviously, have improved a bit again. Not not that had this improved too much, but. Um, this could go either way, I think. But uh, if I had to, if I had to call it, I'd probably Lumerica to shade it. Uh, 
you'd like to see Christian Bodeik as, as, as an as East Clare team hopefully uh, pulling one over and getting a win but probably just about no market for me yeah and with that pet thanks to Millen and that concludes our sporting show here today on Scarif Bay Community Radio on 88.3 FM and 92.7 FM in association with their credit union as I said thanks to my co-presenter Pat McNamara thanks to our guest tonight Robin McKenna Michael Madden and Brendan Foley for taking the time to talk to us thanks also to our manager contractor Jim Collins for keeping the show keeping the show on the road here for us and once again thanks to you for listening we hope you enjoyed the show and we look forward to your company again later on today uh, from one of our live games here on the Camogie Championship. And all that remains is Emilio Dial for Sportsline. But to be meet again, it's Benedict Day, August Lawn. <laughs> <laughs>